0: Welcome back to Bruin Success Presents, 10 careers you've never heard of. I'm your host, Christian Chavez, and today I'm excited to chat with Kate Pflueger, Manager for Asset Optimization Strategy at Netflix. After graduating in 2011 with a BA in communications, Kate began her career at Paramount Pictures in their worldwide marketing partnerships group. In 2015, Kate began a new role at Netflix as a producer where she worked with international and domestic studios and filmmakers to develop and optimize the imagery representing their content on the Netflix platform. She now leads a team focused on providing data-driven, creative insights to producers, designers, and editors responsible for creating the rich visual promotional experience on the Netflix product. Welcome, Kate, and thanks so much for joining the podcast today.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm really excited to jump into our questions. To begin, what do you do exactly as a manager for asset optimization strategy?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, And it's definitely a job you've never heard of because it's certainly a weird space, Um, but I really enjoy it. And essentially my team's goal is to kind of bridge the gap between data that we're seeing from our product that we're collecting on our members and translating that data into actionable and tangible strategies for our creative teams so that they can make super informed, efficient and effective decisions when it comes to creating all of the imagery and videos um, that you see on the product when you're scrolling through and you're trying to decide what to watch.
0: Super interesting. Your role must be super collaborative. What are the different teams and areas within the larger organization that you're regularly working with to move each asset onto your product?
1: Yes, so my team kind of sits at the um, nexus point of a lot of different teams at Netflix. So We're, like I said, we're a bridge. So we kind of sit in between those folks who are are responsible for designing, producing the thumbnails and the trailers and the videos that you see on the product. Um, Those teams are known as the creative strategy team, the creative studio team, all within the umbrella of a team called creative production at Netflix. And then the other kind of side of the coin are the data scientists, the consumer insights researchers, and the algorithm engineers who are responsible for figuring out exactly how to get these assets up on the product Find a really great way to surface them to you as a member in a personalized fashion. And then look at the results of um, tests or other kinds of analyses that we do um, to then you know, translate all of that information into tangible strategies for these creative teams.
0: Sounds like a lot of data.
1: Yes, a lot of data. And I did not start at Netflix necessarily on the data side. Um, so it's been an interesting you kind know, of transition from. I was more on the creative side when I started and I got super interested in the data side, Um, kind of saw it as an opportunity to flex my own kind of uh, left brain muscles and combine that with my right brain to be, like I said, that translator for creatives who don't have the time or maybe the um, kind of same passion that I did to understand the data to then leverage that to our advantage.
0: That's awesome. And a perfect segue to my next question, which is about your professional trajectory. Do you mind taking me through your career journey since graduating and sharing a bit more about why you decided to pursue this more data-driven side of the business?
1: Absolutely. So- To go way back, um, while I was still at UCLA, I interned at Paramount Pictures in a couple different departments. I'm sure as many people, especially in the communications department, can attest um, and have the same similar experience in that you don't really know, at least I didn't, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was interested in entertainment. I had an opportunity to uh, work as an intern at Paramount. I kind of leveraged that opportunity. Opportunity into different internships. I think I ended up having three different internships at Paramount um, in different departments. And honestly, I the reason I landed my first job at Paramount is because I played on the um, Netflix softball team. And I was never a collegiate player, but I did play all throughout high school. So you know, I had some skills. I was able to build a lot of really strong friendships and relationships through the softball team, which ultimately led me to my first official. Full time post college role as an executive assistant, executive assistant in the um, creative services department there at Paramount, and it was a really great experience. I mean, being an executive assistant is not easy. Uh, You definitely have to manage a lot of different personalities and schedules and things like that. But I I think. Um, where I really thrived was just building those relationships uh, with folks at, Param- at Paramount um, that I would then not, you know, in any opportunistic way, but I leveraged those into just other opportunities um, that I saw as they as they would pop up. So, you know, I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves to network. Um, and I always was not a huge fan of networking, especially just for networking's sake so i found a lot of success in just that more natural relationship building um and that would be kind of just advice i would give to anyone is if they aren't a huge fan of networking like me but they're interested in the entertainment industry uh find a way to do it in a natural way where you feel like you're not forcing it um, and build those connections and things can kind of open up for you um but to go back to your question so i was an executive assistant um and i kind of climbed the ladder a little bit at Paramount in the sense that I became a coordinator in consumer products. Um, And it wasn't my favorite position, if I'm being honest. Uh, I just wasn't that passionate about the products I was working on and uh, the system that we used there. So I actually started looking for other opportunities. And um, a colleague of mine at Paramount knew someone over at Netflix who was hiring For a position that wasn't exactly the same, but definitely had some transferable skills. So um, managing external partners, timelines, deadlines, um, and a little bit of that creative acumen as well, um, understanding the basics of kind of graphic design and um, just overall good creative composition and things like that. Um, so I got an opportunity to interview at Netflix, which is really funny to think about because it was about six years ago. And, um, I honestly wasn't familiar with Netflix. I knew about it. I think, uh, I, my family never really got into doing the DVDs. Um, and the streaming was relatively new. But I, I, you know, I knew Netflix was a really cool company. It, it was a bit of a smaller um, institution than Paramount, which excited me to kind of get my hands a little dirtier, be, be in more of a startup kind of feeling of a company. And I was very fortunate to land a position there. It was called a Specialist within Creative Services. And it was all about getting assets from major studios, such as Disney um, from them and onto the product, making sure that everything looked really good, was up on time, so that when the title launched, it had these assets to represent them on the product. Um, And shortly after I started, we actually started testing those assets. So rather than uh, collect one horizontal image, for example, from Disney for their content, for each title, we actually ended up collecting six for every title, trying to hit on different themes, different aspects of whether it was a movie or or a TV show um, to see if we could actually find the best image for our members as opposed to just relying on either the theatrical poster or whatever image Disney was able to provide us. And I just thought that was very interesting. I thought it was cool that we were testing our images on the product. And I also, frankly, felt like it was kind of a black box. We didn't really know what we were doing. We weren't getting a lot of feedback um, as to what types of images were working better than others, and I just started digging in, and I was super uh, fortunate to have really supportive leadership that kind of let me split my time between the job I was hired for and this area of the business that I thought was really interesting, but that I also kind of saw uh, the writing on the wall that it was going to become more and more important of a space um, for the the company's growth. So I just spent a lot more time getting into the weeds of the data, working with data scientists and engineers to develop tools to help surface that data. And I kind of just positioned myself as that go-to person for the team I was on to translate that data for them, be that bridge between the teams, really help us become more data informed in our creative decisions than you know the traditional intuition based um, creative approaches that I think a lot of the team industry uh, was at least used to at that time. Um, so I think I addressed the bulk of your questions, um, but that was kind of yeah the trajectory since UCLA.
0: Yeah, it's such a fantastic story. And just want to say congratulations on making it to this point. It's so great hearing how you approached each decision along the way. And also great to hear how much networking played a role in your career growth. So thanks for sharing that. Can you take us through a typical day in your role? What type of projects are you working on? And who are you interacting with the most on a regular basis?
1: Sure. Well, To be honest, first of all, there's not really a normal day (laughs) at Netflix. It's pretty nuts, Um, especially right now during the pandemic where we're all at home and separated. We just hit one year our one year anniversary of not going into the office anymore, (laughs) which is pretty insane. So I haven't been into a physical office in um, just over a year. And so tactically speaking, my day is comprised of a lot of video calls, and we're constantly talking just as a company about how to minimize those because, you know, Zoom um, calls, there is a, such a thing as Zoom fatigue, right? So we're trying to work through that. But um, less tactically speaking, my team... Uh, So as I mentioned, I transitioned from more creative space into this more data space a few years ago. And since then, it really has only been myself occupying this space and trying to um, grow it and make it as big and impactful as I think it can be. And as of last June, um, I got the support from the leadership teams here at Netflix to grow the team. So now I am slowly growing this space um, to, more employees uh, working directly within it. So I have one um, direct report right now, and I will be expanding into a few more, including some um, international employees based out of our Asia and Europe offices. So right now, a lot of my day-to-day is, is around team structure, um, really wrapping my head around how to manage a team and um, grow it with a lot of resume reviewing, um, interviewing, and and then also honestly, right, right now it's just a foundation building for my team because, like I said, it has just been me until uh, somewhat recently. Um, I'm really working on providing the visibility for my team across the company, ensuring we have the proper resources uh, to succeed, such as tool developers, um, data scientists. You know, we can only have as much impact as the strong partnerships we're able to form. And so it's a pretty foundational year for myself and my team. And what that looks like on a day-to-day is a lot of meetings, like I said, building those relationships with those partners, um, having a lot of structural conversations with my fellow leaders, and working through challenges that my team is facing in terms of bandwidth. um, and just problems that kind of cross our our plate every day around trying to understand individual title performances and the, how the assets perform for those titles so that people can feel like they're making really strong decisions for for new titles as they um, start working on
0: those. Wow, it sounds like a super exciting time to be in your role and to be building out your team, especially given the international scope of this area.
1: Yes, definitely. I I also feel super lucky that I've had the opportunity to to travel, do a good amount of travel to our um, local offices. So in 2019, I went to our Amsterdam office and our Sao Paulo office. And I also had a chance to go to our Seoul office in, in South Korea. And then in 2020, I was literally in Amsterdam again. As the pandemic was really hitting, and they had they had to kind of rush me home <laughs> before I got stuck outside of the U.S. So that was a little scary, but I made it. I made it um, healthy back home. But all that to say is, you know, it's been a really cool experience to be able to see different cultures, understand how an international business works, um, and honestly, just get to visit new places. It's been really cool.
0: Definitely, and hopefully, we'll be able to begin traveling again soon. I'm sure you see such a wide range of information and data as you're looking across these different audiences around the world. How do you determine your approach to each audience and the data that they are giving you?
1: Yes, definitely. It's a good intuition. Um, Yeah, I mean, we are trying to create and connect people with stories all around the world. So just because you live somewhere doesn't mean you only get stories that were created there or that kind of reinforce certain Aspects of life um, from where you live, we really have the opportunity to expand people's horizons. And with that comes the assets as well. So naturally, we're going to see different images, different video types, um, resonating in different places. And it's definitely challenging because we do have to think about how to create um images for one title and and not have to be so, you know, try to be too specific about trying to cater to each culture or each individual audience. We have to really think about being true to the content. How can we instill some of these global um, insights that we're seeing from different countries into our, our overall strategy. Um, And it's all about, you know, working with our DSE. Our, sorry, our data science partners and um, our consumer insights researchers to kind of marry that data together to form one large holistic strategy that tries to optimize for our global um, member base. So certainly not no small task um, but we also have a lot of very very brilliant um, data scientists tool developers that we work really closely with to try to ensure we're representing all of our audiences fairly.
0: Sure. I believe that you mentioned that you were spending a lot of time setting the foundation for your team and that you're actively recruiting. What advice do you have for students and alumni that are interested in this field and what can they do to learn more about these types of roles at Netflix? And then I also want to ask if you have any advice for students or alumni who are interested in the data side of the business, but don't have that relevant experience.
1: Sure. Um, So, I guess to address your first question around people who are interested in just learning more about the spaces um, and just working at Netflix, too. I mean, to understand kind of the jobs that are available, there is our jobs website. It's just jobs.netflix.com. You can get a good sense from there, honestly, just with the job descriptions, kind of what the team is about and what their role would require. We're we're pretty straightforward when it comes to expectations there. So that's a good resource. I would also say, you know, I've noticed the culture at Netflix. People are just very open and willing to chat. We want to cultivate a very collaborative environment, not only within Netflix, but um, people who are interested in the company as well. So though it may be hard and you won't always... Uh, you won't always get the same response from everybody, but if you just reach out on LinkedIn, leverage those connections to just have an informational discussion. Um, I think that could be a good way of, of getting some additional information and you know vetting whether or not this space is something you'd be interested in getting involved with. Um, and for people who are interested in the space that maybe don't have the technical background, I guess there's kind of two approaches you could take. One is pretty straightforward you know, get the education, go take some online classes. Uh, There's a lot of, even UCLA Extension, I've looked into it for myself, um, can have a lot of great options to kind of buff up those data science skills so you can at least speak the language. Because I think that's something I've found to be really important and just something I've honestly learned on the job is speaking the language of a data scientist. As well as a creative is some is a pretty um, unique and very valuable skill set, at least for this role in this moment. And uh, I just cultivated that on the job. So look for those opportunities within your company if you I think data is a is the way of the future as long as it's used responsibly and accurately. Um, it can really bring a lot of additional value to companies, even if it doesn't feel like that on the surface. Just dig in, ask questions, start to speak the language. Um, self-education, you know, it might not feel credentialed, but it, it certainly allows you to, to occupy more of the space. Um, and, you know, that trust building with your partners is only going to further allow you to beef up your, your own education on the job because people will be more willing to talk to you and help you through um, problems that might they might think are simple, but to you are, are new and novel. So um, lean on your fellow colleagues and you know, feel free to reach out to people as well.
0: For my final question, what would you say it takes to be successful in the entertainment industry? And in a role like yours that bridges so many different areas at a large company like Netflix.
1: Sure. Um, In my experience, I think where I found the most success and I've seen other people find success as well is just the ability to be flexible and adaptable. Um, I think the entertainment industry, you know, if you get too stuck in your ways, um, you can find yourself stuck in your position and you're not growing. And if, if you're not open and willing to change the way you think about something or to take on a new space and learn, then then you will get kind of stagnant. So flexibility, adaptability, definitely key. Um, and then for me at Netflix, I really have found the most success in building that trust, um, building trust with my leaders, with my team members, with my cross-functional partners, this has allowed um you know it's allowed me to make mistakes and not not completely ruin my my career it's allowed me to ask questions and not be shy about that because I trust them and they trust me and we know everything any kind of challenge that comes up is coming from a good place and not from a combative place or a competitive place um just being open and and honest and providing feedback, it's really all of the the values that Netflix really instills in us and that we we strive to achieve of um, curiosity, collaboration, openness, and honesty, um, and just trying to be kind of a, uh, someone who can see the future, you know, recognizing expansion areas of the business and seeing how you can get involved in that. Um, I think just, you know, of course you want to get your work done and it's good to put your head down sometimes and just get it done, but also keep your head up and, and look around and really understand business objectives. And that way you can find new and growing opportunities for yourself or for your team or however you are positioned.
0: Thanks so much for your insight and advice, Kate. We really appreciate it. This wraps up the interview. So just want to say thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time to share a bit about what you do at Netflix, how you got there, and your advice for students and alumni interested in the field.
1: Yeah, this was super fun. Thank you for having me.
0: You've been listening to Bruin Success. Our guest this week was Kate Pfluger, Manager for Asset Optimization Strategy at Netflix. You can learn more about Kate in the description of the podcast. Follow UCLA Alumni Career Engagement, on Instagram and Facebook to keep up with Bruin's success. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend, and share your appreciation on social media. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time when we're chatting with another inspiring Bruin. This podcast was made possible by UCLA alumni.